Yeah, the only thing I think about or talk about anymore is this. By that I mean this. You heard about this? It just it's it's just a way of just I don't know, it's just an easy way to start viewing things. And it's not even condescending. It's not even like, oh, everybody who brings up this. Have you heard of this? You know, it's not even like, oh, everybody who, who does that is stupid. Because I do it. We all do it. And that's why it's even... It's, it's why it's even better. Because it's like you recognize yourself doing it. But truly, like so much communication... So many people, they go throughout their day and... So much of what's going on in their mind and then what they're saying to other people is this, this, hey, 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 this, this, this. And it's this spell they cast on you because all of a sudden, you know, you have to think about it or do it. And often it's not even something relevant to you. Sometimes it is. Sometimes somebody's attempt to this you is, a, is like trying to bring you on board or get you to agree. You know, some sort of problem that someone's complaining to you about. Like this, and then this. This, this, this. You know, when someone's doing that to you, it's one, just to vent, or to express your concerns that you have about everything. But it's also often a way to kind of recruit you. Like, don't you agree with me? Won't you support my cause? Won't, won't you agree and support my cause here? My this? But it you know, really is as simple as you know, group psychology and that this and that. It really is, is as simple as like if there's a group of people who are all in unison saying this, 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 this. What about this? What about this? You know, if they're all doing it at the same time about the same thing, there are a lot of people who just walk by that and they see a crowd yelling and are just like, oh, I'll join in. Oh, yeah, this. They don't even think I'll join in. They don't even consciously think about what they're doing. They just go, oh, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned this, this, you know, they, they just join right in and it becomes their cause. They become one of them. And you always sound like one of those... Teenagers, he's like, oh, people are sheep. Oh, you know, people are just sheep. You know, you always sound like that when you point these things out. But, but I mean, these things are true. Which is just, if someone comes across a group of people upset about something or concerned with something, there's a decent chance they'll just join in. It may be something they've never even thought about before, but they're just like, yeah. And I mean, that explains so many of the politics going on you know explain i think it's i don't know people act like the political mindset right now is brand new or you know just some totally unique situation and it's like no this is just what happens all the time yeah it's a little bit different because technology has made it constant technology has turned it into a pathology but as far as the mentality and, and everything it's it's always been this way we've gone through periods where it's less so but when it when it gets like this, this is kind of how it, it's always been. Um, but anyway, you get you, know, you see it most obviously in politics and social causes where you just have a, a certain number of people going this, this, 
And some people will simply join in just because it's like, yeah, I see the value in chanting with them. And you see that especially with the, the concern of the day. You know, there's a concern of the day. You know, the newspapers used to create that, you know, TV, but it's a whole new thing with the internet and especially phones where there's a concern of the day. You see it on social media. If you ever look at sites like Twitter, you'll see that there's always a, a topic of the day. It doesn't matter who someone is, what they believe, what kind of network of people they're connected to or involved with. They have some concern, and often it's the same concern as their enemy. It's just they have their own spin. And the this of the day, it's more, it's more the this of the day. Uh, and the this of the day, <laughs> you know, is responded to with more this. Like somebody of one ideology responds with, oh, look at this. But this. And then their enemies like, did you hear that they said this about this? And it, it just goes back and forth. It's the Hall of Mirrors. A laser bouncing off a Hall of Mirrors. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. I guess I was just making the very obvious point, though, that like, all it takes is like a group of people who have come to some kind of consensus about what this is. And then it's just like a snowball. Like it just picks people up. It just brings people in. And often those are the people who don't even remember it afterward. You know, like I think sometimes about uh Coronivai. Remember Coronivai? I sometimes think about that. And it's something people don't talk about now. You know, people just don't bring it up. Like it's amazing, like being in a, a work environment where I'm around more people on a daily basis than ever. You know, not just since coronavi, but truly around more people. Like that that level of public interaction and just number of employees too who were impacted heavily by coronavirus, especially the young people. Like that was their last year of high school. You know, that was a, a fundamental year in their development or two years, however long coronavirus was. Uh, but, uh, but nobody really talks about it. And I, I remember when it was starting to kind of phase out, when it was no longer the this that it was. I mean, it was, a, it was the biggest this ever, right? Coronavirus was the biggest this ever. But when it was starting to kind of phase out from that, you know, I do remember people being like, I never want to relive this again. I never want to talk about this again. There were some comedians who had coronavirus jokes, which, you know, how could they, uh, how could they not have stopped themselves before doing that, I guess? Like, just the idea of doing that is so boring. But there were some people who were like, you know, I don't want to hear anything else about coronavirus. Like, I just want to forget it. I want to move on. Like, and, and the way people frame that is almost like, oh, it's, it's like a trauma you want to move on from. And that's, you know, you want to like, you want to survive. But it's like, there's still so much to acknowledge, not even about the, the coronavirus itself or any of the obvious stuff like masks or the, the vac. 
anything that was a hot button topic. Like just talking about people's minds, you know, just talking about like what we saw from people's minds. Like I will never forget that. And it wasn't just coronavirus, it was the whole period. You know, it was 2020 into definitely 2021. Like 2022 is when things just start sort of like went back to this, not even went back. They seem to have gotten more boring than ever. There was all this talk like, oh, when we get done with coronavirus, it's going to be like the, the roaring 20s again. It's going to be like the gay 90s. You know, people have this idea. It's like it's gonna. There's gonna be so much. Uh, it's gonna be so much partying and sex. And people are gonna be having a lot of sex after coronavirus over. You know, it was like this idea that it was gonna be this wild time. As wild, but in a totally different way, a much more boring, mundane way. It's wild, like the animal kingdom is is wild. But when you go to the zoo and watch it, it's pretty boring. Like I love the zoo, for what it is. You know, when I don't think about the zoo too deeply, like if I don't think about what it actually is, um, I, I've always liked the zoo. But it's actually really boring. You know, every once in a while, like you see the monkeys swinging around or you, you see you see a, a rare moment when the animal's doing something. But for the most part, it's like, oh, I think I see it. Is that it over there? Oh, look, it's it's walking around. Oh, look, it's walking. You know, it, <laughs> a lot of the zoo is just that. It's not SeaWorld or something where they're doing tricks. It's like the zoo is just typically just like you, you see the animals at the quietest part of the day. The quiet, You see the quietest part of an animal's day. Often they're kind of hidden. Um, <laughs> that's more what it's like now though. It's, it's wild in the sense that animals are wild, but the reality of an animal's life is mundane. It's not the lion king. It's, it's pretty uniform and every once in a while something absolutely insane happens. And that's kind of what it is now. It's just, it's like, it's wild, but not wild in the sense where people are like, Oh, the the partying and great times people are going to be up to. Like they thought the world would, they, they thought people in the world were just going to return to, you know, the same standard of living and that everybody was still going to be just as emotionally grounded as they had been before. And they were just like, whew, glad that's done. Let's, let's go uh, pop a bottle of champagne and have sex. That's kind of, I think what people imagine when they said that, Let's and let's forget all about it. Let's forget all about that traumatic event. Like I understand the survivor mentality of that, but it's like we're not we haven't addressed or faced the world we're in now. Like you shouldn't make the worst of it. Like you like I'm not making the worst of it. But I at least acknowledge it. And I'm constantly aware of it. Like I have a couple friends who will say like oh yeah, like that's one of, that's someone who like covid broke their brain. And so I do know people who still bring it up and it's not like I want to dwell on it forever, but it's, it's like people are, are not talking about the repercussions. And I think I got into this like a year ago. I remember saying on here probably about a year ago where I was like, everyone was talking about like the mental health 
repercussions of coronavi like as as if it was like only in the immediate and it did have an immediate impact on people's mental health but i think a lot of what i heard was like more concerned over it in the immediate when we won't even see we're, we're just now seeing what happened like yeah some of it some of what you experience now is just people being people as they always have been but it's like we're also seeing other signs where um we're seeing we're we're just now seeing the signs of what happened to people the long term impact and the and it, it, you know what i liked about coronavirus cuz i didn't hate all of it you know, I have to say there was something genuinely exciting when that first wave of panic and fright and they're like, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. Like, I didn't like the idea of not being able to go anywhere. But, you know, I would go on walks. I would take Batty to random places in like March and April, May of 2020. And it was just so amazingly dead. People were too afraid just to go to the park on a sunny day. And, I, and, like, the school parking lot was free because school wasn't in session. Like, the college parking lot, you didn't have to pay. So, I could, I could just park wherever I wanted and walk Batty all around the school, and there was nobody there. There were no students. You couldn't go inside. They had these uh, signs that had the mascot wearing a mask, and it, you know, it said mask required. It was just, like, it, it was so um, empty and surreal, and I loved it. So, I mean, there's a lot of it that I actually genuinely enjoyed. Because, I mean, I, I truly just, I, I didn't change my life at all, really. Just barely. Just the things that, like, you had to legally do. But I barely changed my life at all, really. As far as, like, how I approached the world and, like, what I wanted to do with my time. And, I, and it gave you me a lot to think about. Like, I, I actually, I don't... Uh, that wasn't a bad time at all. Like, I mean, it gave me so much to think about. And one of the things I was thinking about at the time was just like, oh, what is this going to do to people? Like, we see the immediate, we see the hysteria. And what got me going on this is just that with people kind of putting it behind them, like, it's almost like they got caught masturbating and they're just going to pretend it never happened. But I think back about some of the people that I know, as well as many that I don't, who were just in such a, it was a histrionic, I think is the word for it. Just whatever it was about coronavi, just shouting it, shouting it in unison. This, this, and then the opposition to that, which is like, no, this, no, this, you know, it, it was so insane to see people just tap into that and to be so deeply committed to it. In reality, they weren't, but Someone doesn't have to be deeply committed to cut your eyeballs out. Like, it was a fervor. A fervor. And then you saw that with the politics. Like, I think, I still think back about, like, thinking about, like, my mundane life, the mundane world right now, where people have just, like, resumed their normal drama and stories, their everyday melodramas they've just like fallen right back into that and that me too you know 
but uh, I, I still remember like summer 2020, like just getting on Instagram and like going through the stories and it was just young woman, like millennial woman after another that I know doing these like selfie videos talking about BLM and defund the police and all this stuff. Like these are people I know, like I'm aware of tons of people doing this online and all that, but these are actually people I know and just seeing like the number of them who are doing these videos and the conviction in their eyes, the scary conviction, like really big wide eyes. You know, it's the way someone, it's like when you meet a born again Christian or someone who's, who's part of some cult or someone who's trying to convert you, you see a similar like wideness of the eyes. They're not angry necessarily. I mean, they can be, but you'll see these, a certain type of Christian and, and their eyes are just really wide. Like I pointed this out many times, you can see white above the iris, whatever it is. You can see white above the, the colored part of their eye. Their eyes are so wide. And it's weird to do that because, I mean, you for one, like you look way more attractive. You look, you just look better and you feel better when part of your eyelid covers the iris. Like it, it doesn't feel good to have your eyes stretched that big. You know, you're exerting the muscles in your in your eyes, you know, you're, uh, you're straining your eyes. That's what I was trying to say. And then you're, but you're also like exerting like the muscles around your eyes in this way. Like it's not comfortable. Like I'm trying to do it right now and it feels insane, but I'm trying to do it right now. And I can't imagine talking to people with my eyes like that. Like I can't imagine looking another human being in the face or talking to a camera for that matter. And like making my eyes really big like that. But yeah, like I was going to say, Christians, some some sort of, you know, the wrong kind of Christian, they'll talk to you and they look like that. Like even if they're not angry or scolding you or trying to convert you in an aggressive way, they could be talking like really nice, you know, the overly nice and their eyes are like that. And I've noticed that ever since I was a kid and it's always freaked me out when someone does that, like when someone has like this wide penetrating glare. And so summer 2020, when I was just going through these Instagram videos and seeing the eyes like that, and I'd noticed those eyes before, but it was something that I then became very aware of. And I started to see in many different places. And I started to remember times that I've had where someone makes those eyes when I'm talking to them. And I started to notice more and more people doing it. And you sound insane. Like, have you ever noticed, like, when the, when you can see the white above someone's eye? When they just have their eyes big? How not only does it just not look good or feel good to do that, but how they're often saying or doing something they shouldn't. And there's these old textbooks that show the different sort of eyes for different... Uh, mental afflictions and the one for psychopath is those eyes and i'm not i'm not saying something stupid like oh everybody who does those eyes is a psychopath everyone who does those eyes is a psycho i'm not even saying that but it is funny that those are the psychopath eyes because it is like they're they're having a psychosis 
big wide eyes. You can see the white above the iris. That's someone who's in almost in a state of psychosis, which is why you do see it with religious people who don't have their shit under control. It's why you see it with psychas, murderous psychas. But it's also why you see it with somebody who is just dogmatic about a political or social cause. This. Oh my, you said this, but it's really this. It's this. And so I look back and I remember that time where people I know were doing that. People I wouldn't expect to do that were doing that. And I haven't forgotten it. I'm like, I remember when you were, you know, jerking off. I remember when you were jacking off and got caught. I saw you do it. No, I don't, I don't know why that's... What, what, I think where I'm getting that from is... I think it's like a story in Mallrats or something. Kevin Smith movie, Mallrats. They, they, there's a story about like a, bun, like a plane is going to crash... And so everybody on there starts just jerking off and then the plane doesn't crash and everybody just goes back to normal and acts like it didn't happen. That's, that's where I'm getting the whole jacking off thing from because that's been the sort of approach to coronavirus where it's, it, it's like, oh, uh, that never happened. Not, not just, not just their, their approach to coronavirus, but their approach to like the way they were in 2020, 2021 politically uh, as well as with the whole corona. And now, like, I'm like, I didn't forget, like, I didn't forget what you were doing and saying. But they have forgotten. Or they've moved on. Like, they're not feeling it anymore. That's what they were feeling at that moment. Or they, they thought they should feel. And it seemed like the most important thing in the world to them. But none of them are talking about the same things. Like, no, nobody's talking about any of it. Nobody's even interested in it. Like, this is what I've been saying for a while, but it's like, it's funny how, you know, with all the things that can be found out and shared and discussed, how you don't hear anything about like, oh yeah, what were the origins of coronavirus? Now that it's been a few years, like what's, what is the most conclusive evidence of its origin? You know, the... There's stuff has come out, you know, since then. I'm just getting into like a Caroni talk here. Been a while since I had one. Because, see, I don't even talk about it much. I don't even think about it much. I'd like to think about it more. How about that? I'd like to think about COVID more. Start telling people that. I'd like to talk about COVID again more. This. Uh, but, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, like, like the origins, where it started to come out, I think last I heard, it started to come out, oh, there's more and more evidence that it probably did leak from a laboratory. And people were being shut down for saying that at one point. But at last I heard, it was like, oh yeah, you know, all that, that thing that we call the conspiracy theory, it looks like that's probably true. But you'd think that everybody right now would be eager to know what the fuck that was. You think they'd be eager to know, let's let's hear what it actually was. Like, let's actually take an interest in this. Let's reflect on all this. I guess that's where I'm coming from. No reflection on it. It's not that I expect it to rule people's lives, but there's no reflection on it. And it's funny, too, because you see it with masks, where working in retail right now and seeing a lot of different people, 
you'll see old people in masks. You'll see extraordinarily sickly people. Extraordinarily sickly. It felt good to say. But you'll see those types of people wear them, and you don't really think anything of it. You're just like, oh, they're old. And now old and sick people are more paranoid, so they wear masks. Like whereas, like they were still susceptible to all kinds of stuff, like pneumonia. A common cold could kill an old or sick person. But they didn't wear masks then. But I guess like the whole coronavirus thing like really hammered it home. Like, oh, if you're old and sick, you might still want to wear a mask. But you see them wearing them. Sometimes you'll see like some insane family where they're still, the whole family's still wearing them. Which is funny to think about. Like you see that and you don't really, oh, oh, it's just a family wearing masks. You're still like, you still just kind of accept it. But when you actually think about how those people think and how they live it's like oh shit like they wouldn't let go that just became what they do family gets together like puts on all their masks and they go out shopping uh but i the and then the only other type of person are just thieves addicts homeless people meth heads the sort of people who come in the store and steal they're the only other people who wear masks no normal people do. No normal people even have them on them. But it's either old and sick people, those insane families who are very rare, but they're almost like cultists or something. They are. I mean, that is kind of that is cultish. It's like people joked about that, how it was a cult. But those are the people who actually turned it into a cult. It's the families who are still wearing masks out together matching masks they might as well be a cult but then the other category is just thieves it's made it normal for people like you don't question if someone comes in wearing a mask at this point i don't know what it's going to be like in five years but i guess it's all still recent enough to where even though you don't see it very much you're not allowed to question i guess that's more what it is it's not that you don't question it because whenever i see a thief and i know i'm the second they walk in, like I can just tell who's a thief and who's not. My intuition about that is just, it's really gotten honed. I mean, they don't make it very hard. They're just obviously thieves. They just look and their body language is just, they don't hide it very well. But like when I see one of them come in with a mask, like I immediately wish I could go over and be like, take your fucking mask off. What are you doing wearing a mask? Like you're the last person in the world who cares about your health. You know, you're high as a kite. You have sores all over your face. You can't properly go to the bathroom. You know, what do you care about, you know, wearing a mask at this point? Because it's a way, they, they wear, I've noticed that the thieves, like they all wear baseball hats, like even the women, and they wear masks. A lot of them have, they, if they're not wearing their mask, they, they have it like pulled down around their face so they can easily put it on. Um, but it's, it's funny how it's like, we're at a point where like, I see that and I question it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But you're not allowed to say anything. You're not, it's like still recent enough to where you're like, oh, well, we're still kind of in the coronavirus era. So I can't question whether that guy should wear a mask into my store. Like something which was never allowed. Like you go into 7-Eleven in a mask, they'll call the cops. That's how it used to be. There used to be even signs on convenience store doors that would say, like, 
no shoes, no shirt, no service, um, no masks. It was just something they had up because if if you come into a fucking store wearing a mask, like, what do you expect? You're going to rob the place. You're going to steal. But we've kind of normalized that to where even though you want to be like, hey, this is bullshit. All this stuff is, is bullshit. You're a thief. You can't because it's still not polite to address it. It's still not polite to tell someone to take off their mask. But, um... I don't know. And I think back like, cause I still have my VAC card. It's sitting on like this little, I don't know what you call it. It's just like this end table, this cabinet next to my fridge. And my VAC card is just sitting there. It literally hasn't moved since I got it. I got, I got the VAC like two years ago and I just, I put that card down there and I was like, Oh, in case I ever have to use this, in case, in case I have to use my VAC card to, be allowed inside a building or whatever it is. I'll just, I'll just keep this nearby. I never used it once that I can remember. After getting it, I don't think I ever went anywhere where I had to show my vac. I don't think I ever had to prove that I got it. So it's still just sitting exactly where it was. And I only got that. I only got the first two. You had to get two, of course. Of course. But I got the first two, and it it really screwed me up. Like, not the way that people talk about where it causes, like, these drastic health ailments or kills you. It just, that, like, 24 hours after getting the second one just really, really fucked me up. I've never felt like that. Like, I started shivering uncontrollably, like, as if I was out in the middle of, you know, a sub-zero blizzard it just came out of nowhere i was just sitting there and i just started shivering shaking violently and i wrapped myself in a blanket and everything i think i put on like a sweatshirt you know socks and i just wrapped my entire body in a blanket it didn't do anything i was still just shivering and then uh this fever came on a really hot intense fever and I just had this long, miserable sleep. But it, it really did a number on me. I've, it, it's like the sickest I've ever felt. And uh, so I didn't want to get another one just because of that. Like, I don't even, beyond any of the other bullshit, I just didn't want to do that again. I didn't want to have anything close to that again. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to, if I can. If I can like get through life without getting another one, without getting the Worcester booster, the booster, if I can get through life without getting that, you know, I, cause I, I never want to feel anything like what I felt. And on top of that, I just, I got the first one just cause, you know, I was kind of like, Oh, you know, this, this is what you're going to be expected to do. I might as well get it over with. I don't really have a strong opinion about anything like it could be some, some nefarious conspiracy. I'm open to that. I was open to the fact that it all might be a nefarious conspiracy, and I'm, I'm still not close to it. But I still just got it anyway. I was just like, yeah, I'll get it anyway. Even if this is going to kill me, or even if this is like a microchip, whatever it is, even if this is implanting some sort of uh, you know cyber organism into my body designed to control and track me, whatever it is. 
I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to get it anyway. I mean, you don't really hear from people like that. You don't really hear from people like me where it's, it's like, oh yeah, I think it, it could be some horrible plot, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to go along with it anyway. Uh, I'm not invested in it. <coughs> but yeah, I got that and then just never got another one. And, and it's funny to me. I see that sitting on the table here. I haven't moved it. It's been sitting in the same exact place. It's in this little tray shaped like a leaf. And it's just sitting there. And it says that I got the two Worcester Boosters. And it, but it's like I haven't had to show it for anything. I never had to use it. They, they made masks still mandatory even after you got it. Like when you got it, like you didn't end up with really that many special privileges at all, it felt like. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it, but it's weird to me. Like nobody talks about it. Like I don't know anybody who still talks about that. Like who, who talks about the booster. Every once in a while, I'll hear someone be like, oh, I had COVID recently. Oh, someone I know had COVID, but it's never scary or anything. Because I do, I remember a distinct night. I think it was like, it was probably the night that it, the, the pandemonium really struck. The night that they were like, oh, we're actually closing down everything. And I remember sitting there and, uh, I remember talking to people on the phone. I was getting a lot of text messages, way more than I usually get. I was getting all these messages from people. I was like, I was looking at Facebook because everybody was just like, of course, wanting to talk this. Everybody had the same this to talk about. And that was really before significant opposition had developed. It was long before the VAC was around. It was before even masks were being seriously discussed. Or forced, you know, like, I, I mean, I've told this story a million times on here. I told this story the day it happened on here. But I remember going to Safeway, the grocery store, the first time after the whole thing hit, when people were in panic mode and buying all kinds of stuff from the store. We're talking the first few days. I went to the grocery store to load up on stuff. And uh, just to get, actually to get some extra stuff, I'd already loaded up and I was just I'm like, maybe I'm going to need this. Maybe I'm going to run out of yogurt. So she had extra yogurt, you know, I was in that mode. And I, my mom had a bag of masks and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to wear it. This is before anybody was wearing masks. I was, I, I was wearing a mask before anybody. But I, I just, I was like, I'm going to wear it since they're making such a big deal out of this. We don't know anything. I mean, isn't that what Trumpsfeld said? Like, until we know what's going on. That was kind of the mindset. Like, until we know what's going on, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but I, I wore a mask and, and you know, I, I, I used the express lane. And I think it was at that point, like 20 items. You're, you're, you can only have 20 items. And I had like 25 and, and those extra five were yogurts, which really doesn't count as extra items. You know, if you're in the, the self-checkout and you're over the limit and you're only over the limit 
because you have a few extra yogurts, it doesn't count as like having five extra things. It's like having one extra thing. But anyway, I was, I was buying those and uh, this lady who, who worked there, this mean lesbian, she was like, you shouldn't be in this. Like she was ringing me out and she was like, you shouldn't be in this line if you're over the limit. And then I hear this voice pipe in behind me. And he's like, yeah. He's like, some of us don't have masks. And like, I could have been in and out of here in two minutes if you didn't have extra stuff. And I, I couldn't believe this weasel of a man. But I could sense the panic in his voice. And I just turned to him and I was like, okay. Very sorry. Just laughing to myself. And so he shamed me for having a mask. Not for not in the sense not in the sense that he was like, Oh, I can't believe you're wearing a mask, but in like, you have a mask and I don't. Because that was at the point where they were telling people not to buy masks because they were worried about a mask shortage. And some people just hadn't gotten them yet because it was all very new. But I got I was a I was a have. Some have not was like Yeah, because you were buying a few extra yogurts and you got in the express line like you could have killed me. That's, that's kind of what he was trying to insinuate. And then I just, you know, because I'm very good. Like when someone's, you know, an emotional weasel like that, especially a man, and they they say something like that to me, I'm very good at just kind of like calmly acknowledging them or not acknowledging them, just like calmly addressing them in a way that doesn't fan the flames. It just doesn't engage with them at all. Like I, I just, my hope when I do that is just for it to be like holding a mirror up to them. Not even a mirror. Like I want it, I want it to feel like they're looking at a reflection of themselves in the water. Just kind of like a hazy representation of themselves. Like they can tell it's them, but just bounce it right back. And like, that's kind of what I did with that guy where it was just like, wow, you, you panicky little weasel. First, she shames me for having a few extra items in the express lane. Like, as I said at the time, in the episode I did at the time, everything I had fit in a handbasket. If everything you have fits in a handbasket, express lane. You could have a thousand things in that little handbasket. That's still the express lane. If you can fit everything in a handbasket, you have the right to use the express lane. So I had a handbasket. I was buying like 10 yogurts. Doesn't count as 10 items. And this wheat, this, this panicking weasel, this panicky, panicking weasel. But yeah, I, I wore it like a badge of honor because I was just like, oh yeah, like I got shamed for having a mask at that point by someone who no doubt, like knowing this guy, knowing his beard, a month later, he was probably screaming at people for not having a mask. Because that's what people did, though. It's like you could you could just go. I mean, that's what got me going on all this, though, is just that people just like fell right into it. They just fell right into what people were saying. Yeah, this. 
no, no, this. They just shifted from one to another. And that's also why they don't remember it. They don't even remember who they were. They don't remember who they were at that time. But uh, I don't know. I know that like I come across a lot of people who were like, oh, yeah, like I, I lost everything in 2020. Like my life went to hell in 2020. You hear a lot of stories like that. So you're seeing some people who are just like now rebuilding their life. Those people seem, they, they don't really acknowledge what it was, but they'll just kind of say, oh yeah, my life went haywire, but it's always around 2020, 2021. It's like, oh, well, it probably wasn't just your life. <laughs> but if you didn't know better, the funny part is, like, if you didn't know better, you'd think it was just somebody taught, like, somebody just normally talking about their life going haywire at a certain point in time. It's like, it's like oh yeah, don't you remember there was kind of something going on? Don't you remember there was kind of something happening? I guess what made me think of this too, though, is today a cop came in the store and he was just kind of hanging out. It was interesting. I was like, because I've had to call the cops on particularly unruly customers and thieves and stuff. But he just kind of came in. He was just kind of standing there near the in the front of the store, and I was just like, "Hey there, you know, how's it going?" He's like, "I'm just coming to check in, see how it's going." I was like, "Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm very cool with a cop just standing." I mean, I joked with him. I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna need need to come in the store every day and just stand right here, just joking with cops." But he made a comment. He was talking about, like, someone was asking him about becoming a cop and, uh, you know, because he made a comment. He's like, you know, being a cop in Washington State, I can't really do my job. So basically saying, like, I can't do as much as I want to do. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't be as aggressive as I want to be, whatever. Uh, cops probably do need to be more aggressive than they are in this part of the country a lot of the time. But then he made a comment where he was like, he's like, I moved out here because uh, I don't I don't know what he said. He was talking about like why he chose, I don't know, like when he was trying to decide where to move to become a cop, he was already a cop somewhere and he was talking about like trying to decide and he's like, well, I, I had to figure out where I could go, uh, you know, that wouldn't fire me for not being vacked basically. Like, I wanted to find a, a state where, you know, the VAC wouldn't, not having the VAC, like, wouldn't prevent me from getting hired. And I was like, oh, yeah. He still thinks about it. That cop. That cop still goes around and he thinks about Coronavi and the VAC. Like, he didn't forget. A lot of people did, though. And, like, part of it's, like, this kind of survivor survivor mentality, like I was getting at, where it's like, oh, it was a traumatic event and I just want to move on. No, there's, there's a lot to think about there. Like, really think about who you were at that time. I mean, you got to learn a lot about yourself. You got to learn about a lot, of other, a lot about other people. I think I remember saying that to somebody. I was like, this is just amazing. I'm getting to learn so much about people, just people in general, I mean, anybody who wasn't fascinated 
Like if you could detach yourself from this, this enough to just look at it and be like, I'm, I'm getting to learn so much right now. You just every second, every day, I'm getting to learn so much about people. Uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, it was it was just an amazing time to learn. If you could detach yourself from your opinions, pro-vac, anti-vac, COVID's this, COVID's this. COVID's a conspiracy, you know, it's it's this. Oh, it's it's a um it's a diversion so they can do this. Uh you know, if you could detach yourself from that for a second, you know, you'd just be like, this is just so fascinating. I mean it's like I said about my mom dying. Fascinating. Yeah, there was a part of me that was like in the moment and gripped by it. And very distraught and emotional. But that wasn't totally... I guess in that case, it wasn't totally removed from the part of me too. It was like interesting. Fascinating. Getting to go through this. Getting to feel this. Getting to see this. How much more interesting can you get than this? That's kind of how it was with coronavirus. Like how much more interesting is... It, what, what else could you want? If you like thinking... If you like thinking about people, if you like thinking about ideas, <laughs> what else What else do you think about other than people and ideas? But if you like thinking about people and ideas, what more could you want than this? It, it was an explosion of, of more to think about than you ever possibly wanted. But I'm still wanting to think about it. I'm still wanting to kind of look at, at what that was. And every once in a while, I'll, uh, I guess I've only done this once, but I found someone's social media page, and I just kind of scrolled back. I haven't done that in years, really, where you just look at someone's social media page, and you just you scroll and look at old posts. And it's interesting to scroll through someone's mind over the last few years, and you're like, oh yeah, this is when they were upset about this. Oh, this is when they were talking about this. This is when they were caught up in this. And they're not really that person anymore. Even if it was just a year ago, even if it was a few months ago, they're not feeling that same way now, and they're not talking about it. And what's funny, too, is like if you were to say to somebody now, oh, yeah, I didn't really believe in the VAC. Even if they would have crucified you for that at the time, they might still be like, oh, oh yeah, I don't like this guy. But they're not going to have a severe reaction to it. Not in the way they did. Like, you're killing people. You are a fucking murderer. You murderer. You're a murderer. You know, it's people weren't, people who were saying that, like, they might still not like you. But they don't really care. It's like, oh. Oh. And, uh, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, it's good that people aren't in that mindset, but it's a good reminder of how easily they can get into it. Because you could see we were on the, the precipice. 
You could see certain people were on the precipice of far worse ways of thinking, far worse ways of behaving. You could just see them dangling there. But, uh, no, I, I'm, my take was and is like, oh yeah, coronavirus, probably a hoax, but I think I had it. <laughs> oh yeah, I think coronavirus is a hoax, but I had it too. That's my mind. That, that's, that, that was what I was saying then. That's what I'm saying now. I'm not a flip flopper. That's what I was saying then. And that's what I'm saying now, which is coronavirus was a hoax, but I had it. Coronavirus was a hoax, but I got the booster anyway. No, I didn't. I didn't get the booster. Excuse me, I did not get the booster. I got the uh, the uh, the first one. I got I got just the standard old vac, the two shot vac. I did not get the booster, but I got the two shot vac. Even though it's a hoax. It's a good way of kind of pissing everybody off. That's not my intention, but it's a good way of pissing everybody off just to be like, oh yeah, it's a hoax. Because you're going to anger a whole big group of people. But then when you say like, but I got the I got the vac anyway. Then the, the whole group of people who are like, it's a hoax, are like, wait a second. You're not one of us. But I don't know, I mean, I wonder if people ever sit and talk about it. And I mean, I guess when you think about like what people were doing, like when I look back at my just like top-down view memory of what other people were doing or what I felt other people were doing, what I saw of other people from a distance, like what they were presenting was like they started out and they just watched, uh, they binge-watched Netflix. Like they didn't... Uh, <laughs> they didn't like dole it out to themselves they didn't go like oh there's a there's a decent chance i'm gonna get really sick of this and that i'm going to uh watch everything like there's, there's a good chance that in two weeks i'm gonna be really bored of this instead they just like went for it all at once it's like i'm just gonna binge watch But yeah, the initial one was like everybody like collectively experiencing Tiger King, which I never saw. I'm sure I'd enjoy it. But it was just this collective viewing of Tiger King. And then uh, then things just went off the rails from there. That was like the last time that things were just kind of sane. It was just like, oh, there's crazy things happening. We can't leave our houses, so we're all just going to watch the same things and talk about them. And then it was like the resentment, the problems started to surface. Crazy events kept happening. And then that's when things just got twisted. That's how I would describe that. It was just, oh, now things are twisted. And now living in 2023, which is just a weird year that I haven't reconciled in my brain yet. 
Like I automatically write it and everything. Like as far as I'm concerned, it's always been 2023. Like whenever I write a date, which I have to do every day, I just instinctively I'm like, hey, yeah, 2023, 23, the year 23. So it's not like I haven't caught up to the fact that we're in 2023, but it's just kind of a weird year to comprehend. Like we're into the 2020s now. This isn't 2021, 2022. Like, we are in. We're not looking back at 2019 like it was yesterday. We have we have a little bit of space from that. But not really. Because, you know, everything that's happened since then is so insane. Our sense of time is just totally wrecked. And we're in this, we're back to this mundane reality where you don't have to think about the way the world was a couple of years ago. And I mean, I see this too, because I, I still kind of pay attention to, you know, online political pundits and people just kind of see what they're saying. I don't, you know, pay that close of attention right now, but... I still just kind of pay attention. Like, what are people talking about? And, like, there's always a new this. But nothing new has really emerged. Like, it's just like, oh, you know, Bud Light has the trans. Bud Light's trans. People are, people are protesting Bud Light because it's trans. And then just the absurdity of Bud Light trying to appeal to the whole trans thing. I see people react to stuff like that. But it's still just kind of reacting to the same things. Like 10 years ago, reacting to something like, the, you know, some of like the progressive far left ideas, it was, it was kind of a refreshing thing. Because it was like, oh, this thing has emerged and we must address it. This has emerged and we must address it with this. But people have just been revisiting that over and over again. And... With the progressive left, it's like they've just pushed those things more and more to the forefront. It's just taken over our culture. It's unavoidable. But nothing new has emerged out of it yet. It's just a Frankenstein. It's just a bunch of things pieced together. And the opposition to that is still just like, can you believe they think that's a woman? Can you believe they can't define a woman? Which, you know... I you know, that's where I, that's how I see things. But it's like, how many times do you need to uh, revisit it? Like, how many times do you need to just be like, can you believe they're doing this? Oh, they're still doing this. Oh, no, Bud Light is doing this. Oh, the NFL is doing this. Yeah, it's taking over the entire culture. And any attempt to dismantle it logically doesn't work that was interesting to see it was interesting to see the kind of quote-unquote like ideological what was it called like ideological dark web is that what was it called intellectual dark web <laughs> uh, when the whole like quote-unquote like intellectual dark web thing was 
getting big. The whole idea, and anybody like that, like I use that very broadly. Like there's a guy who lives in Olympia who covered some of that stuff and does a podcast. And, you know, he was, he's, he's kind of like on the, the periphery of those guys, but anybody even on the periphery of them, anybody going for the sort of academic or just like intellectual opposition to progressive ideology like anybody who's doing that i just automatically yeah intellectual dark web like that's their sphere but it's been funny to watch those guys because like their whole thing was like we just have to make good arguments against this we just have to approach we just have to use the socratic method and and slice and dice this logically we just have to have a debate and this just failed so horribly and many of those guys are still just doing the same thing. Like they're still, yeah, like they have an, I, I think they serve a purpose. They have an audience. I think they provide kind of a therapy to disaffected liberals who are like, this shit really went off the rails and like, I feel so alone. Oh, I can listen to this guy talk about it. I can listen to this guy interview another former trans person who's going to talk about how much it sucked and how much they got brainwashed into doing it. You know, there's people who they get, they get almost like something therapeutic out of that. Um, but, uh, it doesn't do anything. Nothing new emerges. Like no new idea has emerged. It's like, I'm a classical liberal. I'm a classical liberal. Like we don't believe in any of that. We use that. We use logic. To prove why wokeness, you know, is is uh, this like all those guys failed miserably. Like, I guess maybe they united a certain number of people against that stuff, but it's like they didn't create something new, which is what's missing from all this. It's the creation of something new. And that's what we need is something totally unique and new, or at least feels that way. Because nothing even feels that way. And talking about like boring, mundane, everyday life, right now would be a lot better if there was something new. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it would be a lot better. Like, like people would have a little more to stand on like that's kind of what the last few years have felt like like it, everything was so novel for a little while like 2020 into 2021 everything felt so novel everything did feel new oh this is new like i said fascinating oh this is fascinating fascinating this is fascinating you know that's how it felt like it, it felt very unique. <laughs> oh, this is a very unique time. There's very unique things going on, at least as far as my life goes. At least as far as the time period that I'm alive. This is very unique. But now we've entered in this period where there's like there's nothing unique right now. Not even normal unique. Not even like world-shattering unique. You know? Or I mean, what I'm saying is like, 
it's like there's not even just like the normal thing, like something cultural. Something that's just like shaking, shaking the world, like no music. No real idea. Like, yeah, there's cool things. Don't get me wrong. There's always cool things going on. But there's nothing that's just like rippling through. And so we're just kind of back to this like poor imitation of the way things were before, but quality of life isn't good. Like something I notice is that I see a lot more beat up cars. Like I see a lot more cars with unrepaired dents, cracked windshields, chip paint. Like my car is not, I need to, my car needs some work. But a lot of people are just like, they either can't afford it or they're just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm just kind of letting it go. But I've noticed that I see a lot more, I, I see a lot more cars with chipped paint. Like the paint is, is wearing off. I see a lot more dense. I see a lot more like duct tape holding a bumper on and not even from, you know, people on the fringes of life. Like I just see normal people like that. And that's kind of how it feels. Like it just feels like we just, it just seems, everything just seems kind of beat up. You know, people don't look great. Oh, they look bad. I, I don't even let myself think about people like that. Like, I don't even let myself think about the way people look now. Cause I just get too sad. You, I sometimes, this is what I think. Cause I see so much of the public on a daily basis now I see people and it's not judgmental, it's not condescending, but when I really look at them, I'm just, I just think, you know, this isn't, you can't share a country. Not even you can't share a country, just sort of like, this, this isn't how it's supposed to feel to share a country. Like you can't look at these people and think like, oh yeah, they inspire me. They make me feel connected. Just the sagging flesh, the, the weird fashion we're in now. Because really, the only like consistent, the only like common fashion these days is just that like women wear spandex and yogi pants all the time. Women just wear these like skin tight leggings over their legs all the time. This is what I've called a membrane. Oh, women wear a membrane, women of all types, like fat women, thin women, old women, young women. They just like go around in these membrane leggings, yogi pants, things like that. It's just, it's like really the only main, you know, it's really like the only thing that defines the fashion of right now because everything else is just kind of like people doing what they've always done or some like Frankenstein mashup of past styles even streetwear isn't really a thing anymore. Like, whereas some years back, before I even knew that people called it streetwear, I saw streetwear and I remember thinking, oh, that's like, a, that's like a, a new thing. Yeah, it's similar to older things, but I could tell like, oh yeah, streetwear, that's, that's a new thing young guys are into. But it's even at the point now where you see streetwear, you know, you're just like, oh yeah, that guy's still doing that. It's like seeing a wigger in 2010 where you're just like, oh, 
some people are still doing that. Uh, but yeah, there's there's like uh, I like just the way people look, I guess, is what I'm thinking of. Like where you just see them, and you're just like, yeah, you know, this isn't what it's supposed to feel like to like share a country or a village with with someone. Like you're not, you, you, their flesh just hangs off. They're in such bad health. They're mentally so far gone. And I'm, I'm not even talking about the worst of the worst. I'm talking about like some fairly average people. Like, yeah, there's a lot of completely normal people. There's a lot of people who are doing well, but there's a huge number of people who aren't physically or mentally well, and you see them everywhere. And, you know, some of them weren't doing so great to begin with, but you do think about what the last few years have done to them. Because, I mean, I don't take for granted that I, I can still function. Like, I'm a weird freaking guy, but very functional. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel very functional in this world. But you see so many people and you're like, not functional. That's not a functional person anymore. Maybe they have a chance of getting back, but I don't even know. I don't even know if they know what it would be. I don't even know if they know what it means. I don't even think they know what it means to be functional. And, you, and there's a few people who are very, I mean, there's a lot of people who are very functional. And you recognize that. Like, at work, like the people who work for me, who I'm like, oh yeah, that person's very functional. Like it's it's almost like a secret club or something at this point. And this this sounds very self superior or something, but no, it's just something I recognize where I'm like, oh, this person still has their mind. This person still has their body. It's not even uh, it's it's not even like intellectual superiority or like anything anything like that or like. It's just purely like this person can still use their body. This person can still think. And uh, <laughs> you, know, you have so many examples of people who don't. And then too, it's, it's funny just like that people are still so upset about things. Like I was talking about like people have reverted back to their personal dramas. Whereas 2020, 2021, it gave people these larger things to be upset about. It, it, it was a bigger this. Everybody's this was channeled through these big things, no matter what you thought. Whether you loved Trumpsfeld, hated Trumpsfeld, everything was channeled through that. Whatever emotion it was you were feeling about that, it was channeled through that. Coronavirus. Whether you think it was a hoax, whether you don't, whether you're a pro-vac, anti-vac, or like me, just vac. Not pro-gun, not anti-gun, just gun. Not pro-vac, not anti-vac, just vac. But if, if you were emotional about it, didn't matter what you believed, like your personal dramas were channeled through that. But now people, it's just back to their personal dramas and they're just as emotional about that. They're really feeling it.
I was talking to my friend the other day. He's like an executive for a food company, actually, or something, a distribution company. And, you know, it sounds grandiose, but it's just he just, you know, runs a family business. You know, he's he's an executive. Uh, and he was like telling me he's like he's like sometimes like I look around and it's amazing to me that like every single person I've seen every single person who works here cry in my office. And he's a nice guy, so it's not like he's bullying people into crying, but he's like, I, there's like a 70-year-old man, like I've seen him cry. And not like, oh, you know, he had a personal tragedy, I saw him cry, but it's like he's seen them break down because of work or whatever's going on, like it channeled through stress and work and all that shit. And I was like, I relate. I, I've seen a ton of people cry in the last few months. I've seen a 53-year-old black man, jovial, funny. I've seen just tears well up in his eyes with frustration. And I'm not saying that like, oh, he cried? You know, like it's, there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's crazy. Like I've seen these emotions come out of people. It's, uh, yeah, you just, you see, you see, you just see it. And there's, there's other people where I've seen them cry many times. And it's often like some combination of like, it's just, it's daily stuff. Whether it's work, whether it's personal, whether it's all of the above, it's just the daily stuff. They're crying over the daily stuff. They're crying over their day. They're crying over this today. And it's just funny, my friend, I was just laughing out loud, like not in mockery of these people, but just that experience of like being someone who's, I don't know. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying a little while back. It's, you know, people who are in the world rather than simply of the world or rather the opposite. Like I was getting, I was getting confused. People who are of the world rather than simply being in the world. Like they're of the world. And all of these, when you're of the world, all of these different things are clawing at you going this, this, this. What about this? And uh, in the world right now, it's hard to even function that way. And it is funny to me though that since we are back to this mundane reality again, like people are just up to their old tricks. <laughs> people are just up to their old tricks. Like all of the the petty things that people did before. Like there was no um, collective enlightenment where people were like, "Oh shit, got really crazy for a bit there," and we're getting back out of it. Because that kind of plays into what I was saying. Like the idea that like, oh man, like it's gonna be the roaring twenties all over again. It's gonna be a wild time. People are going to realize like how shitty life was for a while and they're just, they're going to love each other and want to have fun. They're not going to cause any stupid issues like they did, they did before. They figured it out. People figured it out. No, they're up to their old tricks immediately. Just right back up to their old tricks. Upsetting each other. <laughs> just upsetting each other. Getting upset. 
And uh, <laughs> I didn't expect any different, though. Like, I, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, people came to some kind of understanding. People are going to go back out into the world wiser. Not for a second did I think that. I wish I did. I wish, you know, I, I wish that's what happened. But, like, I, I never thought that. I never thought, like, oh, people are going to go back out and they're, they're just, they're going to get it. No, of course not. They're back to their old tricks. And it sucks now more than ever. <laughs> uh, it, people doing what they've always done actually sucks now more than it ever did. Especially because like everything is shittier. And I love life. I, I love I love life. I love life. I, I, I love things the way they are. Don't get me wrong. I love things the way they are. They are the way they are. But everything is noticeably shittier. Everything. <laughs> Everything's a little bit shittier. At the very least, a little bit. I talked about this during Coronavirus, where I was like, oh yeah, like you're still getting charged. Like if you had any service done at your house... Like I had to have the um, the guy come to do like heater maintenance or something like that, furnace maintenance. I had to have people do some work and things like that. And uh, it'd be like, oh, well, we can't come inside because of coronavirus. So we can only do like a quarter of what we would normally do for you. But you get it, right? Because it's coronavirus. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Meanwhile, they charge you full price. And then I remember saying at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, like they're just going to know now that they don't have to do as much and they still charge you just as much. Like this is just teaching people in different professions and trades that it's like, oh, yeah, you can you can do less now. And it's just kind of what people are going to expect. You can do less and charge the same or more. And it's just kind of how things are now. And uh, it's like I was saying about cars and stuff. Like I just, I just notice more cars that have gone unrepaired. There's less maintenance of things. Uh, <laughs> you just notice it in a lot of small ways. It's like obviously you see more people who are just in dire straits, but it's like the normal stuff is what I look at. Like what's average right now? And average is kind of run down. But we're not really supposed to acknowledge that. I guess people kind of acknowledge it, but like we're not really supposed to acknowledge why that is or what that is. There's usually an, a, a new this to focus on. When it's like, oh, no, no. Things are run down for the big reason that we all know, but we don't talk about anymore. Those people's brains just cracked. We were we were on a precipice. We were on a precipice. Just barely hanging on. And now things are just like this. And there's all kinds of, you could dissect it. You could talk about what the government did, what the government didn't do. You could talk about what people did, what people didn't do. But you base you just have to acknowledge that. It is this way. But it's weird going through life. I mean, I need to wrap this up and go to bed, but it's weird going through life now because 
interacting with so many different people on a daily basis, it's not even the elephant in the room because people aren't even thinking about it. It's not even like, oh, we're not going to talk about any of that because, you know, we don't want to revisit it or relive it. It was a bad time. We don't need to think about the bad times. We don't need to think about the bad times. You know, it's not even that. It's not even something that's like weighing on anybody's minds. It's not the elephant in the room that people are ignoring. It's just not even there. It's as if it was a collective hallucination or a collective dream. And I guess I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I think, you know, I think we need to reflect on this. I think we need to think about this a little more. But I, what I'll end this with is totally unrelated. I had a dream the other night, and I don't normally like to share my dreams without consent. It's more important than getting consent before having sex is getting someone's consent to talk to them about your dreams, to share your dreams. People will force that on you a lot. I had a dream last night. But I did have a dream the other night. I had kind of a rough sleep. Like I was sleeping on the couch. Just had kind of a rough sleep. I remember waking up a few times, which I don't normally do. But I, I was, in this dream, I was like looking down at a... It was like this large surface. Like a large rectangular surface. And all of it was covered except for one part of it. And there was water inside of it. And there were two very small goldfish, I guess. If they weren't goldfish, they were the sort of fish that you keep in an aquarium at your house. They were just the sort of fish that you, you have and you just you feed them flakes. And I remember feeding them. I remember like pouring these tiny flakes into the water and these two tiny gold-type fish were eating them. But then like a moment later, like the rest of the surface, which seemed like wood built onto it, but it like it got pulled off or disappeared and all of a sudden like this entire big rectangle in front of me it was like the size of like a big long counter but way bigger than that way longer than that but not very high like it was probably like belly button high but yeah it went from being like these two goldfish in like a I could, I could just barely see the water. It was just like a square cut out of this thing. And I could, and I was feeding these two goldfish. And then within moments, like the whole surface was gone. And the whole thing was an enclosed glass rectangle filled with water. But it was just like stuffed to the brim with sea life. I don't even remember most of it. But it was like just that orgy of sea life that you see at the aquarium. Just fish, all kinds of things. I think there were probably a couple of small sharks in there. Probably some starfish. Probably all kinds of things. I don't even remember. It was just, it was grotesque almost. It was just filled with them. But there were a couple of uh, manatees or sea lions or something. Like tusked sea lions. And they were really big, but somehow this thing had them. And then like... But things were like getting out, like water was at that point, like there was an opening in it or something and water was splashing out. And I think I was on a ship. Like, I think my surroundings were like that of a ship. 
but like water was splashing out and like i remember like one of the manatees or sea lions or whatever it was was breaking out i think it was a sea lion and then uh like my vantage point changed very abruptly which you know dreams will do to you like all of a sudden i'm seeing the rectangle from the opposite side of the rectangle what we call the opposite side of the rectangle and i could see that one of the sea lions was out and it was heading toward this bench or table. I think it was more like a bench. And it was like ripping something apart. And I remember having this panic and thinking like, where's Batty? Like thinking that it was going after my dog. But it was a baby. And it wasn't like ripping the baby to shreds. It like tore like a car seat or like a some sort of container or display that this baby was in. Maybe it was like a cross between a baby and a baby doll. But like, cause there was like this panic, like, oh no, the sea lion got out and it's going for something. I hope it's not my dog. And then, and then like people were like, I don't even know if other people were there, but like, I felt like there were other people gasping. And then it was like, oh no, it went after a baby. The baby's gone. And I felt this like wash of relief. I was like, oh, he didn't get my dog. He didn't get my dog. He just got some baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then I think the dream like cut. Like I think I woke up briefly. I do remember waking up briefly and like thinking for a second about that dream. It's I, My dreams don't normally stay with me, but that one really stayed with me. And like next thing I knew though, I was like in a different setting and it was almost it was like almost like Arizona red rocks like grand canyon cliffs but it was like this cliff that like jutted out you know like a piece of it was long and it jutted out over a like an expansive opening and i could see this very it's like the earth was just red it was almost martian it was definitely earth it was earthly but it was like this fantasy southwest us red rock desert with just like a, a wonderful red sun. But there were like desks and computers at the edge of the cliff. Like not at the edge, but it was like an off it was like an an out you could imagine some like startup company being like, oh our office is in the desert. Like we do all our work on the cliff. Uh it was almost like that vibe. Like there was like I even remember seeing a girl or something like working at a computer on the cliff. Like sitting at a desk with a computer on it, and there were, it was just like a few of them. It wasn't like tons of desks. I think there were just like two or three, and there were, I think there were people standing around. But that was it. That was the end. It was just like this glorious, expansive red rock, southwestern U.S., but also very fantasy, sci-fi, like a foreign planet. It was like that, but then like just these people working at desks with computers. And there was no explanation. Like, there was no drama to that. It was just pure aesthetic. It wasn't like the sea... It wasn't like the... The giant fish tank with goldfish that turns into, like, a giant orgy of sea life of all sizes. And by orgy, I don't mean sexual. I just mean, like, just a, a real... A real collection of sea life. Just on top of each other. Just filling this glass rectangular aquarium 
and then like the drama and panic of the sea lion getting out and going for something oh no it's going for something small oh is it going for my dog i hope he's not going for my dog no he's going for a baby like the drama of all that and then just this this scene that's pure aesthetic just people working on computers on a cliff in the desert just a brilliant like red and purple sun sunset and i i think you know i don't know i thought about it all day like i said i don't normally remember my dreams at all i don't normally wake up and remember what i was dreaming but i thought about that succession of dream moments all day thought a lot about the sea lion thing like where did that come from but I also thought a lot about the the very aesthetic desert outdoor office. And not just the edge of a cliff, like not like a like a tall cliff wall. It's like when in the desert when like you know, it's a cliff but like a piece of it juts out and has nothing underneath it. It's almost like a a drawbridge or a plank and it's pointy. I don't know what that's called, but it's like where it juts out. It was like that. It wasn't like a just like a straight cliff wall. It was like a, a kind of like a piece that jutted out a little bit. But yeah, that was it was a wonderful dream. Nothing gets your imagination going like a dream like that. Like just like wow. That's where my brain was going. That's where my brain was last night. That's where my brain was before I woke up. This land is mine. God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can